It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. If you hear this voice, if you see this face opening another podcast, that can only mean one thing. That means the San Francisco 49ers are moving on in the playoffs. They have defeated the rival Seattle Seahawks for a third time this year, soundly at Levi Stadium in what we thought was going to be a monsoon, but it turned out to be much wet, much better weather. And we have so much to talk about today. It is another episode of the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast on the Odyssey Network. I'm Zane. We got Brian. We got Al, who is playing hurt today under the weather. But thank you guys for, for joining me on a special Sunday post-game wrap. And I, I just am so impressed with how they finished off that game. It was a little shaky there in the first half, but they finished with such a flurry. And that tipping point was the Debo ankle turn. I just, I just, I look at that and I'm like, that was a tipping point, right? But 25 points in the second half, just an absolute thrashing of the Seattle Seahawks, which to me personally is so sweet because I lived up in Seattle for a little bit and had to endure all the crap from them and their fans. So personally, on a personal note, it was fantastic to see. On a team note, also fantastic to see. So let's unpack this. Yeah, Al is uh, Al is not on camera today because he is uh, he has come down with per. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what, man. I haven't been sick. I wasn't sick for like five years, and this is the third time I've been sick in like six weeks. So I'm playing hurt. Maybe it is pretty fever. I don't know, but if, if I, I'll take being sick if the Niners can keep winning, I'll, I'll take I'll take that sacrifice. I love it. I love the sacrifice. Yeah, this was. Um... You know, this was an, another game where it feels like Brock Purdy faced a test that he hadn't faced yet and once again passed it with with flying colors. And, you know, I, I, I feel like Purdy and the offense is is the story of this game, and, and we're going to get into it. Um, there are some things that we want to talk about on the defensive side as well, but, you know, you said it, Zane, in, 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 our, in our group text and – and it's so it's so it's such a weird experience to be it, I, I liken this now, granted, not in terms of, of seriousness. Right. But I, I liken it to what it felt like living through the pandemic. Right. Like, you know, every day you wake up, you're experiencing something that that will likely never happen again in your lifetime. It is a you know, it is it is history in the making. It is a quite literally a turning point in you know in in human civilization to be perfectly honest right now obviously this is not anywhere near that level but when talking about fandom when talking about being a fan of the san francisco 49ers but or even being a football fan you we are living through a historic run and a historic moment with this seventh round rookie quarterback who has come in and and just absolutely lit the Francisco 49ers world but the NFL world as a whole on fire and it is it's just really fun it's just I haven't had this kind of fun in I don't know how long you know 2019 was fun they were dominant right but there weren't the kind of in a story like this like this story people will be talking about this people will be talking about Brock Purdy and the run that he went on for years if not decades this is you know, I, I listened to um, the Ringer NFL has a uh, the Ringer NFL show has their own feed 
and they do a, a handful of different shows and one of them is called the island and and on that on that show last week uh austin gale is the host and his it's like you take one take and you defend it right you're on an island and his take was brock purdy should be the offensive rookie of the year and and his his main premise was you cannot talk about story of the 2022 and season without talking about Brock Purdy. And that's what he argues makes him the offensive rookie of the year. You're not going to be able to talk about the San Francisco 49ers and the Kyle Shanahan era without talking about what is happening right now with Brock Purdy. And that's, it's just really fun. It's just not anything that I've experienced. Yeah. I think that that's the biggest thing is that this is a, a historic thing that, it just doesn't happen. Like I, I touched on this a few weeks ago and gave like Kurt Warner as an example of somebody who who did this and was able to successfully ride it all the way to the, to a Super Bowl and eventually Hall of Fame career. I'm not saying that Brock will have that same career arc, but what I am saying is that every once in a while in the NFL, this unlikely story comes along. We saw it kind of with Nick Foles taking the Eagles to the Super Bowl and beating Tom Brady, and, and it's just the most unlikely <laughs> thing. But I feel like for, for 49ers fans, the encouraging thing is that this list looks more sustainable. Like this doesn't look like a flash in the pan to me. It looks like a guy who has been there for several years in this offense and just is so comfortable in it that he makes plays. He had two off schedule throws dump offs to the running backs that were wide open for touchdowns. I mean, that's fantastic. The first touchdown to Christian McCaffrey, like it was just, it was a, it was a fake to McCaffrey. He got caught up in the wash, leaked out. And Brock was able to step up in the pocket and easily find him for a touchdown. It's just, he executes the offense with such ease. And I think Brian, the, the three of us were talking about this yesterday. And that to me is the most impressive thing about Brock is that he does everything so effortless, effortlessly. It looks like he's totally in sync with Kyle. Kyle trusts him more than he's trusted any other quarterback that he's had since he's been here. And like, the the most I think the most impressive throw that Purdy had yesterday was I, we could probably all agree with on this was the incompletion Ayuk in the end zone, yeah, just dotted him in the corner, just uh, that's just that's if if he makes that throw that's on NFL films forever, right? That's the, mm -hmm. we're talking about that for a long time. Like you're talking about that like like a Mahomes like throw, and I don't want right. to I don't want to to make rash comparisons here, but like guys like when I look at Brock Purdy he reminds me like of Patrick Mahomes light without the arm, but the, sure. the ability, well, the improvisational to, skills, right? Yeah. The way exactly. he can improvise. Yeah, okay. exactly. The improvisational skills to be able to not be a uh, scrambler uh, to, to get yardage, but to be a scrambler, to open himself up, to throw the ball. And I think there's a big difference there. And I think that's what makes him so successful is that he's not necessarily looking to run the ball to gain yardage. He's looking to extend the play and get open. And Debo mentioned that in the, in the press conference after the game and how, it's fantastic that he does that, but he jokingly said how for the receivers, it's a little bit difficult as well because that means they have to extend their routes and they're running around the entire time as well. So that's just a, a thing that we we see from him that we haven't seen in the past from very many 49 quarterbacks at all is the ability to create behind the time behind the line of scrimmage. <clears throat> yeah, it was interesting. You know, I said to you, Zane, right before we we went live that, that I something on Brock that I'd kind of been formulating and it all stemmed from, an interaction yesterday on Twitter, you know, I, I had tweeted out that Brock Purdy was nine of 18 in the first half and uh, nine of 11 in the second half. And that was it. I just put those, those stats, right. Uh, which speaks to, again, some of what we've been impressed with, with Brock. And then someone, uh, someone commented and said, yeah, he calmed down and played his game. 
And I said, the kid is very impressive. And then another person, and then we went back and forth, was basically like, there's nothing impressive about what he's doing. Like, he's not making difficult throws. The throws, he's throwing to open receivers, blah, 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 blah. And it was this whole argument or this whole thought that I had about this idea of what is impressive when it comes to quarterback play. And, you know, it, the other thing that, that I think is, is interesting is uh, Greg Cassell came out earlier this week and said that he spoke to a former NFL head coach and he didn't name him, but that coach said he sees a lot of Joe Montana in, in Brock Purdy. Now people surmise that it was likely Mike Holmgren as the, as, as, as that name, right. Which would make sense. Holmgren spent a lot of time in San Francisco, spent a lot of time around young and, and Montana. And I was like, man, that's, that's incredible praise. But when you really think about it, right. You, when you think about Joe Montana in the pantheon of great NFL quarterbacks, Joe Montana might be one of the least physically gifted in that group, right? There wasn't really anything about Joe that was physically impressive. He wasn't super tall. He didn't have a rocket arm. He was athletic enough to, to, you know, to get out of the pocket and to extend plays, but he was never a threat in the run game. Like Steve didn't have an arm like Steve. Right. And then you think about Brock Purdy and you're like, Oh, that's very similar. There's really not a whole lot that is physically impressive about Brock Purdy. He's a little short. Um, He has enough arm, but it's, you're not going to, when you talk about great throwers of the football, Brock Purdy's not going to, not going to be mentioned. And he's not throwing balls into tight windows. He's not throwing contested catch balls. He's not doing that, right? And and neither did Joe Montana. But do you know what Joe Montana had and Brock Purdy has as well? Joe Montana had poise, incredible poise. Mm-hmm. And, and and Joe Montana had the the ability to to process quickly and run the offense exactly the way that Bill Walsh wanted it run. And that's exactly what Brock Purdy is doing now. He is processing post-snap better than any quarterback that Kyle Shanahan has had since Matt Ryan. And he has incredible poise. And that poise is not just poise in the pocket. It's poise as a, as just as a, as a, as a 23 year old, the moment is never too big for him. Just like, just like, you know, Joe in, in the Super Bowl against the Bengals when he points out John Candy and right. Like he's unflappable. And, and so that is the part that's impressive to me because kids that age, rookies, seventh round rookies, 200, Mr. Irrelevant, they don't have that kind of poise. They don't have that kind of, uh, you know, like you said, Zane, it looks like he's been in this offense for years. And so that's where I'm like, that is the impressive part. It's not that he's making hard throws. That's not all that there is to quarterbacking. It's making the right throws, making the right decisions, not letting the moment be too big for you. Going into halftime with a 50% completion percentage and coming out of halftime with a nine, almost a 90% completion percentage. Like that is what is impressive. And that's what I've been most impressed with, with Brock Purdy. Well, I think the proof is in what we're seeing on the field with him in the sense that the Niners now have scored 37 or more points in four straight games. They, they did that four times in their previous 52 games. I mean, that in itself is incredible. They scored 30-plus in six out of seven. And can you argue Christian McCaffrey? It's Christian McCaffrey. Sure, he's got a lot to do with it. But 
the difference is the quarterback. McCaffrey was there with Garoppolo too when they still had duds against the Chargers offensively, against the Saints, against the Saints offensively. And the biggest reason why the 49ers don't have one or maybe even two titles right now is because they have not had a passing game in the postseason. It's it's almost been that simple. And if you look at Garoppolo's numbers in the postseason, he was 11 for 19 for a buck 31, 6 for 8 for 77, 20 of 31 for 219. Those are pedestrian numbers. 6 for 25 for one, 16 for 25 for 172. 11 for 19 for 131 and 16 for 30 for 232 yards. He has a total of 962 yards passing in six postseason games with the 49ers. Four touchdown passes for and four total touchdowns and six interceptions. That is 1970s passing numbers. It's horrible. Purdy just in this game, 332, four total touchdowns. It's night and day. Night and day. And that's not, you can say you're bashing Jimmy, not bashing Jimmy. It just is what it is. You have to compare the person currently in the position to the person before if there's a difference in performance and that's what we have right now a difference in performance a difference in the offense it's because the quarterback play is substantially better because of the improvisation because of the poise because of the shots downfield because of the big plays it's a, a night and day offense because of that and it could be the difference with the Niners actually finishing you know, finishing and getting a title this time around stop bashing Jimmy come on what are you doing come on at no I I think so I liken this situation to how uh, when the Warriors in that like in basketball, right? Where where Mark Jackson's last season with the Warriors was, they they made a, a good playoff run, and you know they they made it decently far in the playoffs, but they weren't really able to get get over the hump. And that group had a young Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, without any championships, obviously at that point. They bring in Steve Kerr to the next. They bring in Steve Kerr the next year. He gets them over the hump. And really the difference for that team was coaching, right? It was just one change. They got, got that team over the hump. Could could the Brock Purdy change be the difference here? Possibly. I don't know. But, but the, the real thing to note here is that there's a little bit of context as well through all of that too, right? Where like Jimmy, he didn't perform well in the playoffs. That's, that's, that is a fact, right? That there's no doubting that. He did not perform well. And had he performed better, they probably would have won one or both of those games, right? Or that would have at least contributed to it. But that being said, the roster is so so much different this year than it had been in, in those years where you added a Christian McCaffrey. You have Brandon Ayuk, who's, who wasn't even here in 2019 and has matured beyond his his years this, coming into this year. You have the usage of Debo Samuel diversifying into something that's almost unguardable. You've got Elijah Mitchell, who you could, you could argue that that's a plug-and-play for Raheem Mostert, but I think that this current incarnation of the 49ers is probably Kyle's best team. And even when, even before Purdy was starting, when Jimmy was playing, he had been playing his best ball of his career up until that point, up until the injury. Right. And I think it's, it's a function of what's around him and, and the function of the offense and a function of the playmakers that they have now. Right. Christian McCaffrey had another phenomenal game, another fantastic game. And mm-hmm. you brought him in here for games like this. And he was, he was again, uh, a, a safety outlet for Purdy and he was a, a huge factor in the running game and he was the difference maker that they hoped he would be so when you add an all-world player like that it changes everything and, and there's no surprise that they they've gone undefeated since McCaffrey's been here and that is to me is the biggest x factor here even more so than Brock Purdy is is and, and I'm look I'm just as big a Brock Purdy stand as anybody I'm number uh, whatever it is behind Bro- Captain Brian Rennick on the that was 69 I'm number 69 
uh, nice behind Brock, <laughs> Brian, <laughs> Brian Rennick on the Brock Purdy hype train. But that being said, I would argue that Christian McCaffrey has been the most impactful addition in the entire NFL uh, since since the time that he got here. Oh yeah, he might he might just make me rethink the never pay running back stance that I have. He just makes that much of a difference. It's incredible. I can't believe it. I never knew he was this good. I mean, you know, he was a good player. I know he put up good numbers, but he's a transcendent player, McCaffrey, and what he's done for this team. You know, since he, like you said, his, well, since he's, I guess they lost the Kansas City game, but that was his first. He was with the team for a whole three days. But after that, yeah, they haven't <laughs> right. lost, and it's it's allowed everybody else to kind of fall into their roles. And it's just, it's insane. He's He's been a transcendent player. And I was one of those guys where, like, you never pay a running back. I would pay Christian McCaffrey. I really yep. would. I, I, there's a few select guys that I think fall into that category, but watching him week in and week out, you know, you talk about like when you watch a baseball team every day, Aaron judge is a good example of it. People think he hits home runs, but if you watch him every day, he does everything right. He's a good defender. He runs the bases. He's just a really, really good baseball player. He kind of makes out a lot better. He does strike out a lot. That's the one thing in his game that, you know, but if you watch, that's why the giants didn't want him. (laughs) Yeah. That was the reason. That was the reason. Um, But McCaffrey is like that. He just does little things. And I thought even maybe more impressive than his 66 yard run was he had maybe, it was like a 10 yard run where he just, it looked like he was going to get one and he just kind of makes a cut inside and runs tough and and ends up getting 10 yards. He's, he's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. He's a, he's a safety valve. He's a calming presence. I I just, I can't say enough good things about the guy. He's the one again, sort of running back that I I could think in a really long time where you could say, yeah, he's, he could have been the MVP if he was the whole year with the Niners. Mm 